I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, June 9th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. All right, so Jay, this has been a few months in the works, but the EU has finally issued a directive that all phone manufacturers, like device manufacturers, must use the standardized USB-C charger. What do you think about that? I haven't been excited about anything since earlier in the week when Justin Bieber's coffee became available at Tim Hortons. This, I think, is really smart, and I cannot wait because finding chargers that work is like the bane of my existence. I bet the people that are really upset about this, you want to hear the most upset about this? Yeah. The gift shops at airports. No, I don't think they're the most upset because people will still lose their cables. They'll still have to buy them at the gift shops. And the people I think are the most upset are Apple (laughs) because Apple has made a fortune just like changing cords and selling more of them. And so what their argument is, by the way, their response to the EU directive was that they're putting limitations on innovation and charging. That's what they say. I also like EU regulators timing to drop this right in the middle of the Worldwide Developers Conference for Apple. Pretty good troll right there, don't you think? Yeah, look, it's going to be, I'm just thinking about it now logistically, it's going to be a pretty heavy lift. For example, I was traveling through Europe the past few weeks, and all these places, they all had the USB chargers on the planes and the lounges, all this stuff. They're going to have to shift over to these USB-C ones. So it's going to take some time, but I do like that we have some certainty as to like, this is the standard of charging that we're going to use now. And I can use it for my MacBook, I can use it for my phone, I can use it for everything. That'd be very nice. Well, Brett, aside from your humble brag that you were traveling in Europe recently and a story about USB-C chargers, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Yeah, I'm a real globetrotter, Jim. <laughs> for our first story, Canada's considering seizing Russian assets. For our second story, Sobeys is moving to a new rewards program to better collect data. And for our third story, more big names quit the PGA Tour. For our first story, politicians in Canada and all over the world are jumping on the idea of seizing Russian assets to help rebuild Ukraine, despite a number of, well, frankly, practical and legal hurdles. Brett, this sounds... I guess, interesting and challenging. How exactly might it work? Yeah, so the federal government's recent budget proposal includes several modifications that, if passed by the House of Commons later this month, would pave the way to seize and sell off assets from 1,200 sanctioned people and entities in connection with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which experts, by the way, believe would be a violation of international law, but so is the war, and so you kind of come out with a stalemate. Right, fair enough. As a UN member, Canada can use sanctions as a tool to discourage problematic behavior by other nations, but the measures must be reversible once conflicts are resolved. A frozen asset can be unfrozen, but a sold-off asset can't be returned. Just ask the Chelsea football team. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could be returned. I think it's unlikely at this point. The value of Russian-linked assets in Canada is really anyone's guess, so it's unclear how valuable they might actually be to Ukraine's recovery. It's also unclear who would receive the funds or get stuck with the logistical nightmare of overseeing the distribution of, I don't know, it could be like an iron mine in Sault Ste. Marie. (laughs) An iron mine in Sault Ste. Marie sounds pretty good. In the U.S., Treasury Secretary Jenny Yellen advised against similar measures proposed by the House of Representatives over concerns that would both violate U.S. law and undermine America as a safe place for countries and wealthy individuals to park their investments. For The Economist, workaround ideas include imposing tariffs on the billions of dollars Russia receives for its energy exports every day or holding payments for Russian oil and escrow accounts to be handed over once the war is resolved, (laughs) whenever that will be. So, Jay... Much Big Pals care about Canada's move to seize Russian assets. Well, some experts worry that Canada's proposed measures to pay out assets could undermine the country's leverage to influence the actions of instigators in future conflicts. But Ukraine could use all the help it can get to rebuild its country. 
For a second story, soon you'll be able to use your... Finally, by the way, Jay. Soon you'll be able to use your scene card to save on more than just cinema popcorn. As Sobe's parent company, Empire, they drop air miles to unlock better insights into consumer data. Jay, I'm not much of an air miles user to begin with. I'm actually not much of a scene card user to begin with either. But why is Sobe's making this big switch? But are you a big Sobe's user? I like Farm Boy. Okay. Which we'll talk about. We could talk about that. A third-party loyalty program also used by competitors meant that Empire did not have the access or control over customer data it desired and was falling behind its chief rival, Loblaws, in their Optimum program and leveraging this information to build consumer loyalty. Now 10 million shoppers at Empire grocery stores, including Sobeys and Farm Boy, my favorite, Freshco, and more, will now need a Scene Plus membership to earn and redeem points at all of these supermarkets. But with 11 million existing Scene Plus members, there's sure to be quite a bit of overlap between the two. Canadians love loyalty programs, eh? Now, loyalty programs allow companies to gather first-party data, think demographics, consumer habits, and purchase histories that help develop targeted strategies to increase spending like Starbucks, gamified, in-app experience. Yeah, I'm not sure if you were here for this, Jay, but Canada's OG loyalty program was Canadian Tire Money. And basically how that worked is they would give you this fake money and it would be for like cents. Do you remember this at all? Do I remember? They still do that if you don't have the card. We have a whole wad of it. Like we're going to make it rain at Canadian Tire. Okay, well, maybe I guess you're more up to speed on this than I am because I can't remember the last time I went to Canadian Tire. But anyways, these loyalty programs heralded data acquired from its revamp program as a key factor in driving sales so far this year. Nike's Sephora, Air Canada, and most credit cards also generate valuable data through loyalty programs, which brings us to why PeakPal should care about Sobe's new loyalty Seam Plus partnership. Brett, companies are investing big to ensure they don't fall behind in the Know Your Customer arms race. Over half of Canadians regularly use loyalty programs, this according to KPMG, which makes the market a treasure trove of potential insights. And for our third and final story, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, Brett, but thought we'd do a bit of a deeper dive. Some of the most recognizable names from the PGA Tour will be missing from this weekend's Canadian Open as the Saudi-backed Live Golf Invitational Series, or Live Golf Invitational Series, depending on your pronunciation, makes its debut in London, England. Okay, so what does this mean for golf, Brett? Just one of the most ironic things about this whole situation is that Dustin Johnson, one of the players who's going to this new Saudi-backed golf tournament, he was the RBC golfer, and he is now not participating in the RBC Canadian Open because of this. So it's kind of embarrassing for the bank. But really what's happening here is 48 players, including stars like Phil Mickelson, as I mentioned, Dustin Johnson, and this is a tough name, Jay, Louis Oosterzen will play in the controversial new league despite accusations of ongoing human rights violations by Saudi Arabia and questions of ethics facing those who have joined. Critics accuse Saudi Arabia of attempting to repair its tarnished global image by backing lavish sporting events amid ongoing human rights violations. Yeah, it started with a Formula One race, and now we're ending with a multi-billion dollar golf global tournament. Live is one of the many series popping up to compete with traditional leagues by offering modernized rules and massive payouts. A proposed Soccer Super League signed on nine Premier League teams, but failed as fans dismissed its billionaire backers as greedy. I can't wait to go back to those old podcasts we were talking about that. Live guarantees, or live, guarantees all players a minimum of $120,000 just for showing up. That's a pretty good gig. In contrast, someone playing the Canadian Open would have to make the top 70 out of 156 participants to make any money and place 20th overall to earn $115,000. That's the lowest earnings you can if you're in the top 20 there. 
it's hard to say no to this new offer. At least six live golfers have resigned from the PGA Tour entirely, but the Tour's commissioner has said that any player who joins live golf could be permanently banned. Plus, the Tour did not give its golfers permission to play in this week's event. And by the way, Dustin Johnson, it is speculated, received $120 million to join the new Saudi-backed tournament. So it's big money we're dealing with here. Which brings me to Jay, to why Peak Pal should care about what's happening with Saudi Arabia and golf. Well, rumblings about the controversial league have started to disrupt the dynamics of professional men's golf over recent months and could continue to do so as the season continues. Plus, it's taking away attention from Canada's biggest golf event. So purely selfishly as a Canadian, that's bad news. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Brett, if those top golfers are leaving to go play in a different league, Maybe you and I could actually join the PGA if we get good enough. Well, alternatively, though, it looks like there's only six players. Well, 48 players have joined the Live, and so there's plenty of space. Yeah. Oh, we could join that one and make the big money. Yeah. I like this. Make the big money. I like the way you're thinking. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay. Hold up. 